Thursday morning. Big thanks to Kitchen and Bath Showroom. We check back in with Jimmy Carter. Uh, Jimmy, you tell me you've got some Luke Combs news this morning. Yeah, you know, since all this COVID started, we don't get to see these artists very much. I mean, whether it's in concert or on a red carpet or anything, just nothing's happened. You know, it's just really, really hard. But I met Luke Combs when we first started kind of low-key. I don't think any of us knew where he was going. We thought he was the real deal, though. You know, we were hoping we would see more real kind of country singers like Luke Combs, and he certainly has lived up to the expectations and then some. But here's a story. Generally, I think he's a really good guy. And some FFA people, Future Farmers of America, were in town from California. Their teacher wrote to him online and said, hey, uh, we've got kids in town that just worship you, but they want to see you at the Opry, but they can't afford it. We wish you would give them this gift because they idolize you. Well, these artists get asked for stuff all the time. Yeah. But this one this one hit somehow, and somebody saw it with his people, then he saw it and wrote back to him, tickets on me, y'all have fun tonight, my team will reach out to you. They get there, he goes and meets them, takes pictures with them, walks them around the back of the Opry House and all that stuff. Oh, so above and beyond. He uh, was... Hopeful that they would watch the show and learn, don't give up on that dream and keep believing in yourself. How cool is that? So he's helped teachers and soldiers and other things before, and so have a lot of others. But this one we know about somehow, and a good story. Lauren Elena is going to be an Opry member on February the 12th. She's really excited about that. Tim McGraw said, I don't know why he did this. This was unclear, but he went back and looked at a whole bunch of his old music videos and narrated what he saw. And he said, I felt like I was cool for a bit. Now, looking back at them, maybe I wasn't so cool. <laughs> we can all say that about ourselves. Oh, he had that big old monster hat, and it just, you know, what are you going to do with him? But he, I remember meeting him with his dad. I mean, you know, I don't remember the first time I saw him. Anybody, really, you know. And I remember we were backstage at the show I was working on, and uh, his dad was going up because he was going to be a guest on the show, and he was giving out autographed baseballs, uh, and he was having his son autograph it. This is my son. He's going to be a country music singer. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody's son is going to be a country music singer. But this one actually did and became my buddy. But it's fun remembering those early days because <clears throat> that big old hat, he looked like a doofus. But then he became some you know, sculptured bodybuilder-looking dude that's a great actor on 1883. No doubt about that. We did not see this coming. If anybody says they saw that coming, other than the dad, and I don't know, I don't think if he was still alive, he would have been as shocked as anybody else. Now, Tim's one of those guys, you, you feel like he didn't leave anything for the rest of us. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Maddie and Tay-Tay, you know, had that premature baby. Baby's doing better, growing every day. Three months premature, or almost three months. Uh, she's been doing better, too. You know, she had to stay in bed for a long time, so everything's getting better Good. on that front. Uh, Luke Bryan and all that crashed my play, and nobody, I don't know, I never saw any journalism from there, any stories or anything else. Saw some social media pictures, and they looked like they were having a heck of a time. Merle Haggard's Life Legacy and the Battle of Self-Reconciliation. This is the new book, The Hag, The Life and Times and Music of Merle Haggard. Uh, for 25 years before his death in 2016. Did the biography and uh, listening to Haggard as a youth. I mean, it's just, what a story. But the problem is, for movies' sake, it was pretty much, the whole thing was a dark picture. I mean, he had a rough childhood going up, did some petty crime, ended up in prison, saw Johnny Cash, became a country singer. That's all kind of a cool 
story, you know, of going to Capitol Records and doing all that. But he was always sort of a dark figure and quiet. And, uh, you know, he got big buddies with with uh, Willie. And, and I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it would be, I don't know how you make that a happy ending on this one, other than he had one of the greatest country careers ever. But talk about outlaws. He was, he was one, and he was the real deal. I was around him a couple of times, but he wasn't Chatty Cathy, that's for sure. And there is a, you know, a line of thought that would say that it's that aspect of his personality that made him such a great artist. Yeah, I think the reason that the Walk the Line movie did so well on Johnny Cash's story is because of the June element in it. Yeah, the, the June story. June saved his life. June was the love of his life. She was a great lady and nothing but, you know, positive sunshine about her. And so when I was around them it was mostly you were you were John was just there listening and soaking it in and he just wasn't a chatty cat either, so I don't know. Have they canceled each other out when Johnny and Merle did stuff together? I don't know. Because between the both of them you could have written the whole afternoon, you know, on a one sheet of paper. So it was interesting times, though. Those were those were stars like we don't see anymore. Jimmy, thanks for the update this morning. Have a great Thursday. You too. Hey, we'll see you on Friday. Bye bye. Jimmy Carter, weekday morning, seven fifty. Thanks as always to Kitchen and Bath Showroom. Download Jimmy's podcast playback as well on the podcast page at K103FM.com.